Thank you for downloading this sponsored podcast presented by PR Week. For more podcasts, visit us online at prweek.com. Hi, everyone. This is Gideon Fiddleside, Editorial Director, Custom at PR Week. I am so excited to be joining you today for what will be a terrific podcast. We're calling it Quick Service is Key when it comes to restaurant PR. That's a great title because that's exactly true. First and foremost, allow me to thank Coin PR for sponsoring this podcast. Allow me to set the table. Usually I say set the stage, but I think you guys can understand why I said that this time, right? The past two plus years have affected just about every industry there is, but perhaps few more than those in the restaurant space. The industry is still recovering, but those who are surviving and thriving are doing so by leaning in with thought-provoking, pop culture-led communications being created at such speed that even a Domino's delivery driver would applaud. Now, I don't know if you guys do that in 30 minutes or not. I'm not even sure Domino's still makes that offer, but it's pretty quick. Let's put it that way. No. <laughs> they do not. But they are still all about delivery. <laughs> that's true. Okay, that's very good. And by the way, I will introduce those voices. Those aren't mine in a minute. <laughs> Speed, agility, and thoughtful simplicity. In the restaurant game, those are three winning ingredients. And that is absolutely true when it comes to comms in the space as well. If you want to move consumers to act, brands must encourage and provide culture tapping and newsjacking moments to offer unique opportunities that are low on lift, but heavy on traction. In an age where comms is increasingly expected to impact bottom line metrics, those in the restaurant PR space very much understand and live with that mandate. PR's traditional power in driving awareness is still vital, but comms efforts must also boost sales and encourage foot traffic. And here's the best news. You can do this. And if you have any doubt about that, you won't after listening to this podcast. How can I be so sure? That's easy. It's the two amazing guests who are joining me today who I'm about to introduce. Jennifer Kaminsky, EVP at Coin PR, and Denny Marie Post, co-president NextBite, lead director at Vital Farms in Bluestone Lane, and a board member of Travel and Leisure, Libby Glass, and P.F. Changs. Wow, that was a lot, Denny, but it's nice to have both of you here. <laughs> that was a heck of an introduction, Gideon, and um, I feel a little pressure after that, but uh, we're, we're, we're ready to do this. I think we're up to it. Yes. There's no pressure. Just don't, you know, don't even worry about the audience. Just pretend like we're at a table having a meal at whatever restaurant it is. P.F. Chang's would be a very good choice, by the way. Uh, thank you. And you know, this is a nice, easy, friendly conversation, which I know it will be. And I'm actually really excited to get it started. Well, or I guess, I guess started with the, sorry, with the pun here, the main course. I know one of my supervisors is probably going to tell me Gideon, stop with the restaurant jokes, but eh, whatever. Anyway, so let's dig in. Actually, I didn't dig in is also a, re- a restaurant reference, so I didn't actually mean that. Wow. But, yeah, I know. I, man, even by accident, I'm punny. Isn't that funny? Anyway, and I just rhymed too. Jen, I know the people out there. Yes. Gideon, get to the questions. Okay. Do you have one? I got one. Jen, this one, this one actually is for you first. And again, I'm trying to, I'm trying to set the stage here. So actually, it's a pretty straightforward one. What makes PR different in the restaurant industry than other industries? So, um, as I look at this, and thank you for that question, there are so many choices in, in restaurants in particular. You know, you look at other type of industries, but I believe in particular in the restaurant. So, you have a variety of different categories even to choose from. So, you can go from quick service to fast casual to casual to mom and pops to fine dining the choices are really endless. And often people think it's about the food. It's just about the food. But really, it's way beyond that. 
And what we like to say is that we have to move beyond just taste. It is appealing to all five senses when it comes to the restaurant industry. And how are we affecting that? And we play PR, we play a big role in that. Now, operationally, we're not setting the stage for things, but we are helping to shape what those senses are like and how we're really building beyond the food and really building a brand. And more than just a brand, I think a lifestyle brand. I read a, uh, a study recently and it talked about this idea that people were about experiences before the pandemic. And even more now, experiences are so important. And people are actually looking to their brands to create those experiences for them. And we've been doing that in the restaurant industry and in particular in restaurant PR long before that that was in vogue, if you will. It was yeah. table stakes. Uh, I'm using a pun now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Setting as in setting the table. Yeah. You know, just to reinforce, uh, Gideon, what Jen said. You know, brand is the key here. And and to me, a brand is a promise you make your consumer. Uh, and it is so much more. It, it's about the totality of the experience. And and I think PR and media, however we want to call it, does such a unique uh, job of being able to tell that story, much more so than your typical paid media kind of approaches. Um, it, it's a, the best storytelling device can be one of the best storytelling devices. And, and people buy into stories. They, they, want to, they want to live in that story. So, um, so I feel like it's an absolutely critical part of the brand mix. How important is PR in the marketing mix for restaurants? I know you kind of started with that already, but if you can elaborate a little bit more, Denny. Yeah, you know, again, uh, one of the things people look at restaurants and Unlike um, a CPG brand, a, a consumer packaged good, where you you know you produce it in one or two locations, uh, you package it all the same, it gets set on the same shelves, and that defines um, largely the buying experience. Restaurants essentially, depending on particularly for chains, and when Jen and I work together for Red Robin, and and now as I see it through the lens of um, of PF Chang's, where I serve on the board. Chains, you have a promise, but then you have essentially 500 or so uh, individual manufacturing plants <laughs> who are who are tasked with living up to that. So I think one of the biggest things for the brand is it also inspires and and when we tell a great story through earned media, through PR efforts, through special kinds of of plus up events. Uh, it also inspires the individuals in those restaurants to deliver on that on that promise as well, because because that's so critical. And and I always found that while um, it was technically consumer PR that we were focused on, telling what we were telling the consumer back into our into our teams inspired them to make sure they lived up to it. So I I feel like it's such a critical part because. Advertising, paid advertising, promotional advertising, value, couponing, television spots, all those kinds of things are so limited in their ability to, again, tell a story. And, and what I've always found so positive is the, the right, um, the right uh, added value that you get um, can, can make such a difference in the PR space for how the consumer views the proposition. And, uh, and it comes with an authority that's kind of interesting, too. 
Um, you know, if they discover it, as opposed to I've seen a commercial or an ad or whatever, there's a there's an implied authority about uh, about where they they derive their information, and more often than not, with PR, it is earned media, and often it, it can be uh, local news or or um, or other elements in terms of social media, etc. That that bring their own kind of sense of um, authoritative uh, delivery. And so I just feel like it's such a critical part of, of what we do. And back to Jen's point, it's it really can tell an experiential promise much more so than a 30 second or 15 second ad can. The one other thing, and Denny, I don't know if you would agree with this or not, but often to a lot of these brands that we work with are publicly traded. Yes. And another audience that our investors yeah right that we often consider and and i know even when we started together um at red robin yeah um and when you started as cmo one of the challenges you were facing in particular with some of the analysts were we don't hear from you what are you doing like Yeah. yeah you might have some advertising but what are you doing that's fun, interesting, that's setting you apart? And I remember one of the uh, marketing meetings that we had, you came in and you were like, thank you. I had, I went on this analyst store and they were like, we're hearing about you now. There's a buzz about you. There's, you know, so it's oftentimes it's how we're doing things to appeal to the consumer to tell the story to what our experience is why you want to come here as opposed to any other and it has that effect to other audiences as well yeah i think it allows you to punch above your above your weight class if you will yeah. um you know you only have so much so many dollars to spend in a traditional media yeah. plan but but well done pr can absolutely elevate the brand to uh to a conversation that you would not be in otherwise and uh, and generally very positive. Uh, it's also, of course, critical if you're having issues within the brand. That was the one part I would say to Gideon is uh, there's we're speaking on the positive, uplifting side of planned, planned kind of activity, but there's also the element of being able to respond to um, less than positive things that are happening around your brand. And, and that's why it's so critical to have a good partner who understands who you are and, and can help you think through how to respond, not just go grab one when you have a crisis. Um, you know, it's really important to have somebody in the mix that really, really gets who you are and how you want to respond with an authentic voice. So, but you're spot on, Jen. It definitely, for Red Robin, it raised our profile with um, mostly uh, major urban market analysts who otherwise didn't know a lot about our brand. I'm sure that everyone out there listening is probably doing the same thing that I'm doing now. And obviously this is audio, so you can't see it, but I'm like nodding my head a lot because, you know, (laughs) one of the reasons I was so excited about this podcast is because it's not only a topic of interest professionally to everyone out there listening. And by the way, obviously what we're talking about is restaurant PR, but there's so much here that can be gleaned no matter what sector that you're in. It isn't just about restaurants, but everyone out there also, for the most part, just as a consumer. Who doesn't like food? Who doesn't like going to restaurants, right? So even from that standpoint, it's true. This is really, really interesting. And we were talking just before we started recording this about, you know, various other aspects of what you guys do in communications that really, really play into this. And like one example that I was giving was that, yeah, you know what, going to a restaurant or, you know, eating restaurant food, um, it really is more about the food. In fact, 
I would say, yes, some things taste better than others. And, you know, obviously taste is a personal preference. But, you know, what? generally speaking, and yes, I live in New York, but there's a lot of cities in this country. Restaurants have good food. Okay, most of them have good food and you're going to be satisfied from that standpoint with a lot of places that you go. So it is the other aspects of the experience that are really going to make the difference. And one of the things that we haven't touched on yet, and I'm going a little bit off script here and I hope you don't mind. But clearly, you know, especially in the last couple of years, broadly speaking, the role of the employee as an important ambassador, brand ambassador Mm -hmm. has become so prevalently discussed. And I would say in the restaurant industry. That might be even more prevalent because I know personally, the one person who probably impacts my experience at a restaurant more than any other, you know, obviously I'm not counting the chef because again, the food I'm assuming is going to be good, is the person who is delivering the food to me, the waitress, the waiter, the server, whatever you want to call them. And I will tell you that, you know, I've had personal experiences where that person has absolutely elevated the experience or in some cases actually made it a little bit worse despite what the food tasted like. And what I'm curious about, and Jen, I'm probably going to pose this to you though, obviously, Danny, anything you want to say, by all means, please do, is um, Jen, I know that you work a lot on employee communications and working with Mm -hmm. internal Mm -hmm. parties and making sure that the way they, they making sure that they are the brand ambassadors that your clients need them to be. So mm-hmm. when it comes to, I mean, I'm not necessarily saying you have to sit down with waiters or waitresses and say, "Listen, this is what you have to no, do," or whatever. No, no, but no. how does that part of this equation play into what you do in your in, in your efforts? Well, I think it's a it's a positive, and I don't want to say a negative, but it can be a challenge mm-hmm. as well because. We have to think about all of the things and the responsibilities they already have. And if we're creating a program that is making their life more difficult than they are a positive experience, Mm -hmm. then it's probably not the best idea because it is going to add to confusion, frustration, an overall not a great experience. So what we try to do, so there's a there's a phrase if you're in restaurant PR and it's something that we hear often a lot, operationally speaking. And I always say if I had a dollar for every time I heard <laughs> operationally speaking, no offense, I would not be here, Gideon and friends. So okay. um that would that would be the industry's however, loss. However, okay. I am here. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So I'm glad about that. You know, <laughs> it's we have to think of the operations. We have to think of not only of how the food is being prepared, the supply chain, but what extra are we putting on to the restaurant? So we like to try to look at things beyond what's happening in the restaurant. So whether that be tapping into a trend, let's do that, but let's not spread that out across the country. Let's give something like our service staff, something to feel proud about and something that they're hearing about in the news um, or an influencer talking about, but it's not impacting their job. So I I think we, we try to look at things that are low impact to their job, that tap into culture, that really bring a, a, across the experience 
beyond the restaurant. So it's not affecting them, but they're reaping the benefits in feeling proud and feeling good about their, about their brand by the fact that they're, you know, hearing about that. Thanks for that, Jen. And now, Denny, I actually want to give you an opportunity to talk a little bit about the barriers when it comes to doing PR for a service industry. I mean, there are quite a few. So obviously, Jen just spoke a little bit about them, some of them, but I'd love for you to talk a little bit about some of them that you see. Well, I'd say from a from a client perspective, um, obviously, one of the biggest is breaking through, you know, because it is such a dense, not dense in the sense of understanding, but a, an industry that has so many players in it. It's really hard to break through. You know, you need to have a unique take on something because uh, the folks that you're you're pitching to have, have pretty much heard every stunt in the business. Uh, you know, they're prepared for the annual April Fool's joke, all that kind of thing. So, you know, you're breaking through when you hear, um, boy, I've never heard that take on it before, or that's... Uh, uh, it, clever or um, really important. I mean, sometimes one of our things at Red Robin was that, you know, we served families and it was really important for them to know that we cared so much about, for example, our allergen story. You know, we, we went out of our way to implement an interactive menu that allowed people to feel secure about um, about uh, what they were choosing on the menu to feed their children or themselves. And most restaurants don't go that far. They, they do the liability side of it, which is, uh, you know, be at risk, be aware that, you know, this may have been made in a plant with uh, tree nuts. But we really went out of our way to say, here's how you can modify our foods. And, and customization was a continual thread in what we talked about because that's important to the guest. And so it can be the fun story. It can be the important story. It can be the simple announcement and trying to change how people view your brand. You know, uh, you know, how do they think about you and, and the right occasions to enjoy you for? We had we had real fun. I think remember with a uh, Valentine's Day, uh, Valentine's Day for one, where the ladies should go if they didn't have yes. a dinner out. I think yes. you might remember that one, Jen. Yes. And, you know, and again, it had it had our attitude. And it was a different take on what what other people were doing. So I think the biggest barrier is how how much um, noise there is and how critical Mm -hmm. it is that you have a really incisive take and an interesting one that catches people's attention. Excellent. Just to add to that, if I can, and I think it it morphed into how we've changed things and what are the solutions to those things. And I, mm-hmm. you know, as you talked about it, Denny, I think what what is really key and crucial, not just in restaurant PR, but in PR in general um, and marketing in general, is really coming to that insight that appeals yes. to your audience. How you're going to break through is if you get that aha moment and we can find out what's making them tick or what's their tension or what they're concerned about or what questions aren't being answered for them and we can wrap something fun and creative around it it just it just automatically clicks and connects and it's easy to tell that story that well and i would say even more so now because (laughs) Uh, you know, we referen- you referenced up at the top uh, all the kinds of service, the levels of service, whether it's quick service, what's known as fast food traditionally, or, or fast casual or casual dining or fine dining. But there's also all the ways of accessing food these days. Mm-hmm. And with the pandemic, we saw the explosion of what's called off-premise, which is either takeout 
or delivered foods. And any opportunity that you have to intersect with people's stress or tensions around this new world of what's being delivered to me. Is it going to be on time? Is it going to be good quality? Is it, where is it coming from even? You know, that, that reassurance. Um, and, you know, I, in the case of P.F. Chang's, whom I, I serve on the board, they are doing quite a bit of what's known as native delivery now. And, and part of the story there is somebody shows up wearing that black jacket with the red uh, trim. That's a very different experience than a guy who, who drops it and runs away from your front door. So uh, those are the kinds of stories you want. You want people when they go and say, gosh, I think I'm going to have some Chinese food. Um, you want them to say, but you know what? Maybe I, I, I read about, you know, they're, they're actually sending people out from their restaurant. I think I'm going to go that direction. So those are the kinds of stories that are both informative and they set a brand experience expectation. It creates that social currency, right? It Absolutely. creates a social moment. Absolutely. Because if you have someone that looks like they just came from a restaurant delivering at your front doorstep, I mean, yeah. what a what a great post that is, right? As opposed to my son in his pajamas, who may or may or may not, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he had okay. a brief run as an Uber driver. He got over it. <laughs> oh, wow. There's a vision of someone delivering my food from in their pajamas. Okay, I'll try to get that out of my head. <laughs> We're really getting a sense of what PR can uniquely bring to restaurants, yeah. both from an awareness standpoint, even from a business standpoint. So... I actually want to move on to something. And Jen, I'm going to pose this to you, but again, as I've said yeah. before, clearly, Danny, you can certainly chime in on this as well. And I want to talk about, this is a really good word, simplicity. Mm-hmm. It is often a factor to help people easily understand something. I know people know the definition of simplicity, but yes. why is that so key in this particular space? And Jen, I'll start with you. And then Denny, again, again I'm being more than happy to let you chime in. So I'll take a step back and I'll talk about... <laughs> From when I started till this point in my career, simplicity hasn't changed. It is, we are, whether it's a member of the media, whether it's an influencer, simple is key. That sound bite, that headline, mm-hmm. can you pitch this in 30 seconds? I mean, that's the basics of PR. However, in the restaurant industry, what often happens and then I'm going to use you as an example. Um, one time we had thought of an offer and um, we, we were challenged with, we had uh, a burger that had chili on it. And then we had mm-hmm. separately selling chili and it really wasn't selling, but people loved this chili burger and we were just taking the chili off of it. The food cues were there. Everything was this should be successful. So let's do a little something to boost. And, you know, Denny talked about it earlier. This isn't, uh, PR is often an opportunity. Let's, we're not going to do a big ad buy. We're not going to do this. It's quick. It's nimble. We can do something. So we proposed an idea, simple. If hell froze over, hell, Michigan, <laughs> then you would get chili for free, right? Yeah. However... We could only do it on a Tuesday between the hours of (laughs) 11 and 2. And it was the Tuesday following the drop in temperatures. Yeah. So, again, we were at a marketing meeting and Denny said, why didn't this work? (laughs) (laughs) 
because we put too many limitations on it. We made it too complex. And it was so, it became so complex. And it was very funny because a colleague of mine, um, another Jen, she gave the pitch to Denny. And it was so, it was actually one of the, because it, it was like, why did the, I don't understand. Why did this work? And you laughed at it. You were like, I get it now. I get it. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. You're asking people to remember something like a week later. Yeah. And, and again, it has to be real, real time is so much of what you're talking yeah. about. We've had so many wonderful tactical points that have already been brought up by both Jen and Denny and been very, very valuable, I know. And I, I know one thing, I would, I would probably enjoy being at a restaurant with both of them having a wonderful conversation. I probably wouldn't even enjoy the food because we'd be talking so much, but that's pro- that's not a bad thing. That's the point. There you, actually, that's true. It is. <laughs> now, can you have a good experience at a restaurant without food? That's an interesting question, but that's, for, that's like a Linda Richmond question. We'll figure that out another day. But Red Robin has come up quite a bit during today's conversation, mm-hmm. not surprisingly. But you know what? I um, mean, you've already shared some of this, but I'd like to give you both a chance to sort of just quickly talk about some one, maybe one really, really successful PR campaign that you've worked on with that particular brand, because I know it's one that you have both been very, very proud to be associated with. So this is kind of, this is really for both of you and you've both worked together. So happy for both of you to answer this one. Well, Jen, I'm going to let you take oh. the lead. What are you proudest of? Oh, <laughs> well, we did a lot. Uh, we, we, we have a lot. done a lot together. Probably the proudest, and I think you might agree as well. I mean, we've done many things from launching beer milkshakes to launching a <laughs> burger hotline for Burger Month to making an offer to a quarterback during the Super Bowl to many, many things in between. However, I think the one that everyone talks about. I believe we, we, we might have been a finalist. Maybe we didn't win the actual PR Week award for this, but um, was when we roped in the Pope. Oh, gosh. Oh, Lord. Mm. Oh, my gosh. I forgot about that one. Oh, my God. For the, for the fish sandwich. Yes. So, okay. um, I, and I can, uh, you know, look, I can start <laughs> off with what happened. So... Mm-hmm. There was a fish sandwich being launched. Hold, hold on to your hats, Gideon. You're not even going to mm-hmm. believe it. But during Lent. So. No. Yes. I know. That never happened. Revolutionary. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Add on to the fact that there was no. Right, Denny? I don't believe there was any advertising happening during that time. No. 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 No, I mean, we were advertising burgers. This is the kind of thing where, again, it's a, it's a smaller part of our menu, but it's got high upside for us if we can find an efficient way to talk about it. So we had that you have the challenge of no other piece of the marketing mix really supporting, maybe socials supporting it in some way, but not a big amplified push, if you will, to it. So we're like, all right, let's sit down. What can we think of? How are we going to break through? as Denny talked about, and especially during a time period when everyone is talking about their fish sandwich. So our first iteration of this that got the big X was um, uh, nuns and priests eat free (laughs) during... Listen, I'm, I went to Catholic school all of my life, so I feel that I could absolutely present that idea 
However, they're like, go back to the drawing board. We love the essence of it, but we think that it might be pushing it a little bit too much. So at the time, um, and still now, Pope Francis, a beloved that really transcends beyond just a religion, but um, is a beloved leader, if you will, around the globe, a spiritual leader around the globe. And he happened to be making a trip to the U.S. during this time. And we said, is this our key? Is this something that we can do rather than the priests and nuns eating free? So we said we put out an offer and we actually, this offer just wasn't out in the universe. We actually hand delivered. Coin has a partner agency in Italy, in Rome, actually. And we hand delivered an invitation to the, to Pope, the Pope, to the Vatican. <laughs> so the and the offer was... <laughs> If you came to the restaurant during Lent, everyone in America... Because he was going to be in the Everyone States. in America yeah. would get this fish sandwich for free. Mm-hmm. The offer was picked up everywhere. <laughs> to the point of our... <laughs> the PR manager at the time internally would call us every day and be like, has the Pope responded? I'm like, if the Pope responds again, yeah. <laughs> I retire because I have nothing. How, how else can I end my career? But with the Pope responded and he's coming, right? So it was fun. People leaned into it, but mm-hmm. even better beyond the impressions. Right, Denny? It was like, yeah, it was amazing. Let's slow down on the PR because, right? Yeah, I mean, just even the branding, Rope and the Pope, was, um, was again, simple, uh, catchy, and people definitely, and it had that Red Robin attitude. So, uh, yeah, I, I absolutely remember that, and uh, we did very well with that promotion. People were aware that we had, you know, this wonderful, it was a very good product. It was a special uh, limited-time offer, and, uh, and, you know, we did really, really well with it. So I think that's a great example, and, and you know, Jen's spot on crowded moment who doesn't do fish sandwiches during lunch lent Lent. and we (laughs) broke through big time so uh uh, that was a that was a great moment great choice jen i i can't top that i I, nor nor can i nor will i try all i'm going to say is i will probably remember this story every time i eat a fish sandwich again um regardless of what brand it's from especially if it's what yeah oh my god rope in the pope that's incredible and you know time just flies when you're having fun and learning a lot and this podcast is a perfect example of that. And But we have arrived at that time. Well, it's a little bit after 11 o'clock on the East Coast. I was going to say it's lunchtime, but it's a little bit early for that. But you get the idea. And enough with the restaurant puns here. But I want to sincerely thank Jen and Denny for joining me today. I want to thank Coin for its support of this podcast. And, of course, I want to thank all of you out there for listening today. I'm sure you got a lot out of this. I know I did. So until next time, this is Gideon Fidel's IPR Week wishing you all the best. Take care.